Welcome to Grails, a podcast by Alton Insights. My name is John Tunger, and this is an episode of The Week Ahead, where I cover what assets are hitting the marketplace this coming week. I'll also be recapping some of the recent auction news, and let's just say this, just to get you started, how about a gold coin that sold for $18 million? Let's get started. Up first on Collectible, a type of asset that we don't really talk about often, we have a rookie card photo. That's right, a Type 1 photograph that was later then put onto a rookie card. And this is a 1965 Joe Namath Topps rookie card photo, IPOing on June 17th with a total market cap of $295,000. But in collectible fashion, a bit of retained equity, which means that there is $179,000 being offered to investors. Okay, so let's dive into a bit of what makes different photos valuable, how you can distinguish the level of rarity. And first, there's the Type 1 photograph. And that's considered the most rare and valuable photo examples on the market. Per PSA, Type 1 photos must be a first-generation photograph developed from the original negative during a period within approximately two years of when the picture was taken. So a couple steps there. A Type 2 photo are the same except they're developed from an original negative later, usually longer than two years after the original was taken. A Type 3 and 4 photos are considered second or third generation since they are not developed from an original, but rather a duplicate negative or wire transmission. So for this particular photo of the iconic NFL legend is not only rare due to its status as a Type 1 grail, but it's also a true one of one as it's the only known graded Type 1 photo from the 65 photo shoot. Namath is known for guaranteeing a New York Jets victory in Super Bowl three against the Baltimore Colts. We have not seen a Jets victory in a very long time. The Jets were an 18-point underdog during an era where the AFL was viewed as the little brother to the NFL. In the first two Super Bowls, the NFL Green Bay Packers beat the Chiefs and the Raiders, a combined 68-24. to But in Super Bowl three, Namath played mistake free football, completing 17 of 28 passes for 206 yards and zero interceptions. To this day, that game is the biggest upset in Super Bowl history. Only one Super Bowl since has ever had a spread as high as that one, when the 49ers were favored by 18 as well in 1994 against the San Diego Chargers. The Niners more than covered the spread, winning 49-26. to Up next on Otis, we have a 1987 Michael Jordan Fleer PSA 10 that's IPOing with a market cap of $39,400. This is the second year Fleer card for Michael Jordan, and there are 200 PSA 10 1987 MJs where there's 317 PSA 10 1986 Michael Jordans. The total graded population is over 12,600 copies, so this example is in the top 2% of all graded cards out there. And Otis is somewhat building a Jordan empire, as this is their 12th Jordan-related IPO between cards and sneakers. Keeping on the Michael Jordan train, IPOing on Rally is a 1999 Upper Deck Retro Incredible Michael Jordan signed card debuting with a market cap of $50,000. And there are just two examples graded higher and only two examples graded PSA 9s at all. The card itself has a graded pop of only 7 out of a print run of 23. The Incredible, so it's spelled I-N-K, Redible series, was unique in that point runs correlated with the jersey number of the player, hence the 23 total cards for Michael Jordan. 
But finally, in some non-sports-related news, as we head over to auctions, we have some big-time assets that recently sold. On June 8th, Sotheby's ran an auction titled The Three Treasures Collected by Stuart Wiseman. This event featured three items that could fit on a piece of paper but sold for a combined 32, that's right, 32 million. The high sale was for a 1933 double eagle gold coin, which struck a hammer price of 18.87 million. The coin is the only 1933 double eagle monetized and issued by the United States Mint, and is the only double eagle that is authorized for private ownership. The coins were produced in 1933, the same year that Franklin Roosevelt passed. And Executive Order 6102, which called for the confiscation of any gold with a valuation over $100. The program was a buyback in which the government traded the turned-in gold for fiat, an attempt to jumpstart the economy during the Depression. And the order has been since timed out, obviously, but the legal action made the 1933 Double Eagle famous. The second highest sale was from the British one-cent black on magenta stamp. The story of the stamp is that in 1855, England sent 50,000 stamps to their colony in British Guiana. But here's the thing, only 5,000 made it through, so the local postmen were forced to produce and sign their own stamps. The one-cent stamp was often put on newspapers, which means it was often thrown out. Although through all that, this one survived and now carries immense, huge value as the most famous stamp in existence and sold for $8.3 million for a small little stamp. Completing the trifecta was the inverted Jenny plate block. The plate block featured four of the famous inverted Jenny stamps. These stamps were produced in 1918 when the U.S. Postal Service printed stamps that depicted flight. The stamp shows a Curtis Jenny J-4 biplane which was used to shuttle mail across the country. These stamps are extra rare because the Jenny stamps feature a plane that is being flown upside down. The plane on the stamp is the Jenny number 38262, which flew the inaugural mail flight from Washington, D.C. to Philly in 1918. And lastly, in trading news, just light trading news this week. On June 14th, Collectible begins trading the 1955 top Sandy Koufax PSA 9, which will open at a $475,000 market cap. This is the first fractional WWF slash WWE card. And it begins trading on Collectible the following day when WrestleMania Basket featured Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant opens at 122k market cap. On Rally, Frank Herbert's Dune returns to the trading floor on June 15th. The book gained 51% in its last trading session. And before I close out this episode, a quick word from our sponsor, the Dalmore Group. Do you ever wonder how all these Michael Jordan cards are becoming investable assets? Enter the Dalmore Group. They're the financial backend that makes buying fractional shares and rare assets possible. Dalmore takes care of all of the details, making it easy for consumers to invest through alternative asset marketplaces like Rally, Otis, Collectible. And you can find out how they make it happen on their website, dalmorefg.com. Or I did a whole episode talking to their chairman, Aton Butler, where we dive into how they're making this whole industry possible. Just check out our podcast feed and click on the Aton Butler episode. Hope you learned some new things about stamps, coins, rare Type 1 photos, plenty going on in the space. I'll be back on Wednesday with a big interview with DJ Ski on everything from sports cards, sneakers, music IP, and where he sees the alternative asset space going. Until next time.